What's up, everybody out there in YouTube land, and welcome to the longest-running episodic podcast in Kutztown football history. I'm your host, Colin Reese, and I'm with my special guest today, Jonathan Mosier. Well, that's how you pronounce it, right? Yes, sir. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about Kutztown football. We're going to be talking um, some NFL, around the league, um, some backstory and some personal life, too. Um, you ready to get started? Sure. All right. Um, let's start off. Uh, let's get a little bit about yourself. Um, what's your name? How you related to the team? That type of stuff. Uh, Jonathan Mosier. Um, we actually are in the Kutztown district now. Um, uh, this is our third year. Um, my son, I have a son in high school. Uh, I have a daughter that graduated from Kutztown. Um, I married into the Andre family, which is uh, prevalent in, in Kutztown, uh, well known. And uh, my, my wife went to Kutztown High School and all her siblings as well. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what connects us to Kutztown here. Um, so did you ever play football in the, before? Or? I did. I, I played football uh, in high school uh, and middle school. Um, I played for both East Penn and Parkland. Okay. Um, now, before Annette, now we, you're the offensive coordinator here for Kutz, uh, Kutztown High School, right? Correct. Um, did you coach anywhere else beforehand? I did, yeah. Uh, so I coached... Uh, I started, um, I started my coaching career in, in Fullerton, actually. Um, I coached there for three years. Um, I moved on to uh, hockey, which is basically the, uh, the, the youth program for Whitehall. Okay. Um, and I coached there for four years. I uh, came up and I coached uh, Kutztown youth for a year and a half. Um, okay. and, and then most recently, obviously, the past two years now with Kutztown. Kutztown High School. Yeah. Um... Anything else about your personal life that you think the fans out there should know? Um, like you said, you had, what, your son uh, plays football. Any other kids besides your daughter and your son? Nope, that's it. And your son's, what, a junior now? Junior, yeah. Um, all right, let's dive right into the foot, uh, the talk of the team, pretty much. Um, so we, one of the things we were talking about when we were texting back and forth was the state of the program. Where is the state of the program now, and kind of what's the direction of the team going? Sure, so, so uh, I mean, obviously... Uh, you know we're we're in a rebuilding state. Um, you know this this program, unfortunately, uh, has been set back uh, quite a few years with with some uh, turnover in coaching staff and uh, lack of participation from athletes um, or, or turnout, I guess I should say, uh, as well as you know just a brutal schedule. Mm -hmm. So so we're right now uh, trying to rebuild a program from the ground up, and it's it's uh, it's a difficult overtake. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the biggest thing is the uh, having kids come out to the program okay. um, when, they, when they have gone so long without a winning se uh, season for the exception of, you know, one year. Yeah. Uh, if you look back, I mean, you have to go back to 2003, Nine. 2003, I believe, is the last winning when uh, Larry Chester was head coach. Yes, the only other one that was, was Hobart. Was, uh, well, no, besides that, 2009 was the year they made the playoffs, but then they lost got the it. first playoff game. Got it, got it. But yes, the so. uh, 03 season was the last full-on yeah. winning season. Yeah, so you have you know roughly seven years where, where you go without a win. You know, um, It's tough to, to have kids have interest in, in mm -hmm. wanting to play football for a team that, that has a losing record. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard on the kids. We understand it. You know, they get made fun of by their friends mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the, the community as a whole uh, is down on the team because they don't have a winning record. So, so we're looking to, to obviously change that. Um, but like I said, I mean, the program was set back years. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're coming in and trying to rebuild from the ground up, starting with culture last year. Yeah. Um, you know, now we, we, we went real heavy um, with an off-season program. Um, like I said, Larry Chester was part of our uh, weight training over the off-season. Um, you, you know, and then we did recruiting as well. Uh, we're trying to, to really make our presence known in the Brandywine School District mm -hmm. because they play a very important factor in, in our ability to be able to field the team. Yeah. Um, so what's the, what do you see as a plan going forward? As you've talked about, like, this first-year stage, now you're on the state year two stage. What, what's year three, four, and five look like? Yeah, so, so um, you know, first-year stage, obviously, we all kind of came late late to the gate. Yeah. Um, we were hired late in the season, right before the season started. Actually, I, I think I was brought on when the season was already officially started. Um, so this year we've added a couple coaches to the staff. Um, 
And, uh, you know, our, our goal wasn't necessarily to, to produce wins this year. I mean, if they come uh, through through our efforts, then great. But our goal was was to develop a program, develop a culture, um, which I think that we're starting to do at this point. Um, now, next year, uh, so we have some, and I'm going to break this to you guys okay. uh, right now. This is, this is new and exciting stuff. Uh, so we actually have... Uh, um, uh, partnered with the Reading Raptors, mm-hmm. and okay. their coaches and players are going to be spending uh, their community service hours that they're required to do with our team during our practices at our games, um, and and you know more to come probably down the road. We'll That's see. Awesome. We'll see the, where that takes us. Yeah. yeah um, so, so besides, all right. So the one thing that we did talk about a lot was you wanted to hit on this year's stats versus last year's stats. So you want to dive into that a little bit? Yeah, sure, sure. Hold on, let me pull it up real quick. Just some man came prepared. Quoting accurate things. Um, so so obviously I speak a lot of offense. I'll talk a little bit of defense, um, but but I'll speak more offense. So so 2018 season, uh, we had 329 total yards. Uh, total all-purpose yards, okay. 329. Um, we scored 12 points on the entire season. Uh, we allowed 515 points through 10 games against us. Uh, if you look year-to-date, year-to-date we allowed 339 points. Okay. Okay. Uh, this year's stats. Um, and keep in mind, this is this is improvement. I'm not yeah. looking for wins. I'm looking for improvement here. Yeah. So 2019, uh, we have 955 all-purpose yards through seven games. So that's already, what, triple already? Yeah, yeah. 762 of those are passing for an average of 7.3 yards per pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, our run is 193, an average of 1.3 yards per, per attempt. Um, obviously, you know, we look at those numbers and say there's definitely room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have 58 total points on the season so far. Um, and... We're, we're a little bit higher in, in points against. We're at uh, 397 year to date. So, okay. so uh, we got some work to do there uh, and button up some of the defense. But uh, you know we're moving in the right direction right yeah. now. So the one thing I think we hit on that you talked about, and the one thing we've hit on is, I mean, first off, what I think the 12 points you've already scored that once in one game already. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the other thing you hit on, the one thing I have seen, I think Nick can kind of agree with this. The one thing that's kind of dived off a little bit for you guys, besides, I mean, your passing has been phenomenal compared to last year and you guys are really starting to open up the air ball game the one thing that hasn't and i think i've seen a little bit and granted this is kind of sort of based off of the fact that in high school football especially with burks uh burks game day is that sacks kind of just runs mm-hmm. um but the run game hasn't really taken off this year like it did last year now do you right. feel like that's a product of you guys passing more or is that the lack of a running back this year yeah so so uh, initially, uh, just so you guys know, I mean, we've changed our offense, obviously. I think yeah. you understand that. Uh, we were a wing T team, and, and for lack of uh, better words, we're, we'll call it a spread team this year. Um, you know, that's, that's the first step in our program is, is being a spread team. Um, ultimately, we're going to go to basically uh, a high-tempo, high-speed air raid offense. Um, so by design, we are looking to pass more then. than run, um, and and that's that's honestly what we're looking to develop. Now that being said, um, we've had to take a little bit of a step back mm-hmm. um, due to the fact that we we um, you know rostered twenty five kids okay. uh, this year, and uh, you know through our first five weeks we had five ineligibles and three injuries. So that puts us pretty low numbers, um, yeah. which means we weren't able quite to, to maintain a high tempo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had to back that off, which is why if you look in our, our first few games, we were running a hurry-up offense, and now we're running uh, you know, a huddle offense. Um, so we're not able to maintain that just due to the fact that you have kids playing both ways yeah. on the ball. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely we, – we have a lot of first-year players. I mean, okay. Lucas Floyd's an amazing athlete. Um, he is a first-year player, yeah. and we have to put that in consideration. So um, with any first-year player, um, you know, there's bugs to work out, but he's doing a fantastic job. And you're going to find that on a lot of the areas in which we have you know, key skill players or uh, you know, even our line, to be honest with you. Um, it's a lot of first-year players or first-year players playing in that role. Yeah. So it's a lot, a lot of coaching that goes in every day to try to get them up to speed, uh, get them to understand what they're doing and understand mm-hmm. just – just the basics of the game of football, mm-hmm. you know. So um, it's it's a building stage. 
I think the one thing, I mean, you hit on with, with Lucas Floyd, who has been a phenomenal addition to your team, mm-hmm. along with uh, one of the ones we also talk about Ryan. a lot, Ryan Brower, yeah. who has been, what, he's a phenomenal, he's a two-sport athlete currently. He yeah. plays golf as well, right? Yes, he does. Yeah. So I think that's phenomenal. Now, I remember last year when we talked, and I mean, we did not record at all for any of the fans who have heard us talk about it. We did not record that meeting. You guys talked about running, kind of staying with the wing tee a little bit more. What made you guys decide to go to the spread versus the wing tee? Yeah, so in the offseason, um, I actually had a conversation with uh, the head coach, Joe Moyer. And, um, you, you know, I, I guess I'll backtrack a little bit. So so last season, obviously, we struggled as a team. Mm-hmm. We struggled to move the ball. Uh, we had games where we literally had negative yards for the game. Mm-hmm. Um and and back then I said I suggested hey maybe maybe we we move this more to a zone option style of wing T, mm-hmm. um, and and he's more of a traditionalist when it comes to that uh, you know he's coached in a, in a traditional wing T Delaware wing T system for a long time that's where his comfort level was uh, so when when this off season came I kind of looked overall at all right where are our skill players what do we have most of and and the answer was is we have a lot of wide receivers. Um, that style. We have a lot of smaller, quicker, faster running backs, not a lot of power backs. Um, and, and, and in my personal belief, I think in a wing T system, I think number one, you have to have a pretty decent and agile line that has strength up front. And number two, I think you have to have, uh, you know, pretty strong backs with, with thick thighs that are willing to really push the ball forward for those yeah. couple yards. So when I looked at the overall team, I said, hey, look, how, how can we be successful as a team based off of the players that we currently have? And uh, that's when the decision was made. That's that's when I made a decision. I kind of started putting stuff together, and I started doing a little bit of research and trying to figure out, okay, what's going to be best for us, and started developing a playbook. And I kind of presented it to him and said, hey, look, here, here's where we're at. Um, what do you think about moving to this system? Mm-hmm. And and honestly, I mean, it was a pretty uh, easy convince for him, mm-hmm. I think, at that point. You know, um, while, while at first he may not have been – uh, fully bought in. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we actually, it's kind of funny. We just talked last night and he's like, you know, I'm bought in. He's like, I get it. You know what I mean? I'm bought into it. And uh, like I said, this is, this is only the, this is only the tip. This is only the beginning. We have a lot more stuff that we're going to push out in years to come mm-hmm. here. Um, and even starting this off season, I mean, we're going to incorporate some things uh, that you guys haven't seen yet. So, so going, the one thing like I talked about a little <clears throat> bit about was going with the senior first year quarterback versus going with the kind of younger quarterbacks that you had mentioned in the private meeting about going to them, what was the decision to go with Lucas Floyd at quarterback versus going with one of the younger guys and kind of sticking with Lucas Floyd all season long? Yeah, so so, um, so we haven't exactly stuck. Let's just start with that. We haven't exactly stuck with Lucas Floyd mm-hmm. all season I long. S- I think I've seen a couple games where you guys have tried some other guys out and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. We have we have two guys that are, uh, you know, they're both freshmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that... that uh, we made a decision to keep up, one that we knew we were keeping up, um, and, uh, you know, that's Caleb Saza and yeah. uh, um, uh, Baby Lafferty, we call him. Yeah, right. I've yeah, seen- yeah. So, so, uh, so, you know, my goal is, is obviously to get them a little bit of play. Okay. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, some of the, some of the, uh, uh, the games have dictated that we keep Lucas Floyd in, you know, okay. for, for for most of those games. Uh, because the last thing I want to do is I I, I don't want to I, I don't want to break a quarterback's confidence. Okay. Um, I don't want to get them in there, and and I mean you guys can tell we've we've had a little bit of issues on our offensive line. Yeah. Um, and and we've let a lot of blitzers come in, and it seems like every time I try to go to one of those younger guys and, and get them involved in the game, uh, they're just getting crushed in the backfield, and that's not a fair situation for them. No. Uh, so I need to protect them. But to answer your question, I mean, we have two guys that I think, uh, you know, those the Caleb and, and Baby Laugh, I mean, they're going to be phenomenal quarterbacks in their own right respect. They need a year to develop. Uh, next year I think they're going to be ready to go. But but this year, I mean, I think the decision was easy. You know, you have to put your most athletic, most talented mm-hmm. kids on the field at all times. And, and right now, um, I, I mean, I don't think there's any disputing. You know, Lucas is definitely one of the most talented kids we have Absolutely. on this team. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the last one I have really about talking about the team in general on like how the team is and the state of the program is where do you see this team in three and seven years? And the reason why I use that is three years from now, you're talking about your freshmen now being seniors, and then seven years from now, we're t- you're talking about a whole brand new reset class in there. Sure, sure. Um, so so I'll give you a little, uh, a little drop, a little lead in here. Um, but I think, I think the, that, that's going to be determined on a few factors. Um, 
you know, Kutztown's gone through a lot of coaches mm-hmm. in, in quite a few years here. Um, there's a lot of turnover there. And I think, uh, you know, maybe some of that is the coaches deciding they didn't want to coach anymore um, and leaving the program high and dry. And, uh, you know, some of that was the administration deciding that they need to move on to another coach uh, for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And I think um, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing that, that as coaches – as the administration, I think the biggest thing that they can do is, is create consistency. Um, and there has to be consistency in order to build the program because if there's constant turnover, it's constantly learning a new system for these kids. And they see it and they feel it and they recognize it and they don't get comfortable. And you start to lose kids that were loyal to a particular coach. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're just turning over the program over and over and over and expecting for some miraculous reason there to be a mass turnout of, of kids. And, and I, I mean, let's face it, you know... Um, the, the program the program has been underserved for a long time like I said earlier yeah. you know um, so if we can create consistent coaches year after year and really start to develop a program um, and if the administration will allow that to happen I think mm-hmm. it's going to be the key there um, you know I, I think in and by next year uh, you might you might see I, I, I'm pretty confident you're gonna see uh, uh, some big changes as far as uh, competitiveness in games, mm-hmm. uh, maybe some wins in games. Uh, we sat down and created a schedule. Um, Honestly, because this is the first year you guys actually have control of the schedule for, what, the next two years? Yeah, yeah. So so the previous schedule, for those of you that don't know, um, w- was made by uh, Charlie Maddox and uh, the administration, uh, former AD, and, uh, you know, some... some uh, I believe uh, some assistant principal principals. Mm-hmm. So they sat down and they created a schedule to to boost our power rankings, um, which is I, I, I just don't understand it. Um, it. What it's done is it's put these kids at jeopardy uh, for injury, and it's put them in a situation where they're completely outmatched. I mean, when you're going up against schools that uh, you know, six A schools, for instance, you know, when you're going up at six A school, the largest school in Pennsylvania, I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. When these when these teams are fielding 50, 60 kids compared to our 24, and out of those 24, 18 playables that we're dressing for a game, I, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. It's fresh legs. You're coming in. I don't care how great the program is. I don't care how great the coaches are. Uh, I don't care how great the players are. It's very difficult to play both sides of the ball through an entire game and and not um, have a chance to take a break. Yeah. You know. Um, so so yeah. I mean, I, I think I think ultimately, if uh, if the administration is going to have this coaching staff back, um, give us an opportunity um, to really you know develop the program inside and out and stick with us and allow us to stick with these kids. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you know it's only the start of, of what you're going to see. Next year is going to be phenomenal. Our schedule's great. I think we have a big chance to compete and probably throw some wins in there. So. And as you said, you're dropping a little bit of a lead in there because our next questioning lines are about administration and are they? I mean, the first thing I want to talk about is one thing we've already talked about a little bit. But how do you think? Are they helping with recruiting? How is the Epsuga doing that? I mean, how is and um, uh, as you mentioned, the uh, principal. How are they? Are they helping you guys at all? Like, how's that going? Yeah. Um, so so you know, we kind of have handled most of the recruiting um, independently, but I will say they definitely um, you know they talk to kids and they mm-hmm. they, they they tell certain kids, hey, look, you know, I, I hear you're thinking about football, and they promote that, which is a good thing for us. So in that respect. You know, they're certainly helping, uh, you know, recruit in, in that manner. Um, you know, the majority of it has, has come in lieu of, you know, uh, you know, just relationships that are built within the program from different coaches and, and you know, really pulling on those relationships and, and kids that would be a good fit for us, um, you, know, you know, coming out. And, yeah. and, you know, honestly, a lot of kids have, have talked to their friends this year. So a mm-hmm. lot of our athletes have reached out to their friends and said, hey, look, come play. You know, it's it's a good thing. It's 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 not the way that it was, or you, you yeah. know, it's it's not what you think that it is. Mm-hmm. So that's helped a lot. And the one thing you did talk about a little bit about is the patience. Do you feel like yeah. the admin does have the patience to wait out the storm of this? I mean, a little bit of rough riding seas right now, and let you guys actually build the program that you guys are trying to build. Um, I you know, I'm not sure to be very honest with you. Um, I, I, you know, in the beginning of the season, we kind of felt that way. And then, uh, you know, some things have changed and, uh, you know, there's, there's been a little bit more pressure to maybe, um, I I believe if I'm quoting to, uh, be more competitive and win the first half of games. 
mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, ultimately, let's face it, if you're winning the first half, you're probably winning the second half as well. Um, whereas, you know, our, our team, again, whether it be undersized or just not developed enough, um, you know, this year, we're more competitive in second halves. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's nothing wrong with that, you know, because the year prior, we couldn't be competitive in any half. Um, so it is a development. Um, but, you know, to answer the question, um, I, I'm not really sure where they're at. I know that there's an added pressure. Um, I, I've heard, you know, that, that, that maybe potentially the board um, is concerned over the overall status. I mean, I'm sure you guys have read the article that kind of yeah. came out a little bit ago. So there's, there's a lot of heat on right now. I think there's a lot of pressure on them, and there's, you know, that, that trickles downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... <clears throat> Besides reading the article, I mean, I think we've expressed our opinions on the article mm-hmm. on the sh- on the, the main show. So definitely, if you have not seen us, talk check, take a look at that. Um, so one thing, I mean, besides the pressure, I mean, obviously you can have probably them le- letting you guys build the program and taking a little bit of that pressure off. Is there anything else you would like to see them work on as an ad administration positions? You, you know, I, I think they do a really good job, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, they've been they've been very nice to us um, and accommodating when we needed them to be um, with with certain things. There have been some requests that uh, you know that they they denied, um, but but uh, you know they're they're the administration, so they're, they they, yeah. they reserve their right to do that. Um, you know, it, it, I I just hope that they allow the staff. To, to create the 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 long-lasting relationship that this program so desperately deserves because mm-hmm. um, you know I can tell you the head coach is here for the right reasons um, I'm here for the right reasons um, you know we want to see this program succeed um, you know because it's the right thing because because it hasn't for so long because it's been neglected because these kids deserve the opportunity to be able to be competitive and have yeah. fun and play a sport that I love and that they love yeah. and not play a sport where they go in and they just get smashed every week yeah you know and and I, I mean, that's the best thing about football is being able to have fun with it, you mm-hmm. know, and we need to put the fun back in Kutztown football. I got you. Um, is there anything new that you would like to see them do that, you, that they haven't already done or that's in the progress that you would like to see happen? Uh, the administration we're talking about? Yeah. Um, I, not really, no. I, I mean, they, you know... The administration, like I said, has been fairly supportive of, mm-hmm. of where we're going. Um, you know, I just hope they continue their support. Yeah, gotcha. Um, let's see. And I think one of the questions you've already hit on, but, I mean, we're going to address it just for a quick second, is how long do you think until we're competitive? Do you think it's next year? Do you think it's two years down the line? Do you think it's until these freshmen are seniors and you really get through a full class? Um, competitive? Mm-hmm. Next year we'll be competitive. Guaranteed. Next year. Um and, and I would go as far as say we have a real shot to win a game or two or three or four games okay. next year. I mean, I looked at the schedule. I know what it's like. We're going to be playing teams that are like us. There's no reason at that point that we can't compete. What? Four games playoffs. True. It depends on how the rest of the league shapes out. And that's actually going to lead us right into our next topic is the league. All right, so predictions for the league. Let's get a little bit out of the coaching side and a little bit more of the fan side of the league. How do you think the league of – Berks County section, what is it, two, I believe you guys are? Yeah, uh, three. Three. Class three. Uh, class three. How do you feel, what do you, what do you see the league going to, the, or how do you think the league's finishing out this year? Yeah, uh, so, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the most talked about team, I think, in, in our league right now is Fleetwood. And, uh, you know, the addition of, of uh, you know, having the Maddoxes uh, go in there and, and help their program along with the development of some of their, their kids that came up and are now seniors and, and uh you know they've they've uh, done a phenomenal job. There's a couple additions at uh, coaches, mm-hmm. uh, former coach uh, for Kutztown High School, obviously, um, that's over there now, and and they've done a great job, honestly. Um, I, you know, I, I think uh, I think they have a real shot to uh, finish pretty strong these last three games, um, and be pretty competitive. Unfortunately, um, my, my understanding is is that they might struggle a little bit in the playoffs uh, due to having some ineligible players. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, hey, it's it's a feat for them. You know what I mean? To go to go nine and one is is pretty decent if they can pull that off mm-hmm. through the remainder of the year. Um, you know, I think uh, I think Berks Catholic has a real shot at it. Uh, I know they had a rough start to begin the season. They also took a lot of injuries. Um, that I think you're going to see uh, some some players come back. 
my understanding is next week they, they should have a handful of starters come back and uh, you know their their seconds, thirds, and fourths have just been starting to play well together right now. Mm-hmm. So I think the combination of having that one-two punch between the second, thirds, and fourths and those starters back back in the lineup, I think they're going to surprise some teams down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think if you had to predict based off of today, how do you see the teams ra- ranking out one to what is it? I think six of you guys are in there. Yeah. Um, who do you got putting on? Who are you putting on? Are you putting Wyo there? Wiles won, yeah, yeah. Wiles, Wiles won. I mean, Wiles right now, and, and and I think everybody knows this. No surprise, they're the powerhouse, mm-hmm. and I think they probably have uh, at least another year of remaining that, um, you know, before they start graduating some of these seniors, and mm-hmm. then it's really going to be beyond the development of the the, the younger program guys. and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So uh, Fleetwood at two. Are you putting Burks Catholic at two? I think I'm going to put Burks at two. I think they're going to, like I said, I think they're going to be the surprise team right now. I think they're going to come through pretty strong in these last three games. Um, and I'm going to put Fleetwood, uh, you know, at three. Yeah. And then Schuylkill Valley, Valley Hamburg or Kutztown at four? Yeah. Um, hey, I'd love to say it's Kutztown, to be honest with you, you know. Um, but, but I'm a realist, you know, and uh, I, I, need, I need to be realistic with where we're at as a program mm-hmm. and uh, where they're at as a program. And uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say Schuylkill. Um, because I think their quarterback's phenomenal. I think he's currently ranked uh, number one in, in all-purpose passing yards in Berks and in Berks County right now. Yep. In Berks County, not just not just in our division. I mean, the kid's phenomenal. Yeah, touchdowns as well. I, I forget what the number eighteen. Over twelve thousand or uh, twelve hundred yards. Twelve hundred yeah. yards. That was for the Fleetwood game. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I mean, pretty phenomenal stuff, man. He's he he looked real good. I, I think there's only one quarterback that I've seen um, and I've only seen on film that that maybe could even touch those numbers and. That's that's a quarterback from uh, Malvern Prep. Okay. Um, that kid was phenomenal, man. But uh, yeah, no, no, uh, no doubt. Schuylkill's pretty amazing. I think that's Mason Miller, right? Malvern Prep. I think it's Mason Miller. Yeah. yeah. And then. And then I think I think uh, Hamburg, and, and unfortunately, I think we're gonna we're gonna pull up the last spot. But again, you know, it's it's nothing to hang our heads on. I mean, you, you know, these kids are moving in the right direction compared to where we were last year. Um, you know, if we're talking percentages, we're we're talking. We're talking 400% increases in some of our stats that I just shared yeah. with you guys. I think, I mean, I think that's also the thing. Like, it doesn't, just because the win-loss record is the same, I don't think this is the same team as last year. I think this right. team has developed a whole lot more. I mean, and games are starting to become, I wouldn't say ultra-competitive, but they are at least a little more competitive than they were sure. last year in, in that standard. Sure. Yeah, the scoreboard doesn't predict or it doesn't show the improvement of the team yeah yeah i mean you know our, our biggest thing is giving up the big play right now i mm-hmm. mean and that's that's really what it is we're giving up the big plays and um you know uh you know i mean if you look at at the burks catholic game um i think i think it was five touchdowns we allowed um in five times that they touched the ball on the first play mm-hmm. and that we can't do that we have to be able to stop um, and, and, you know, I think you see some of that throughout and it's not, not every game, you know, sometimes we, we get it together there, but, but if we can stop those big plays and make them earn those downs, yeah. uh, I think you're going to see night and day difference between where we're at right now and where we can be at. And, and that's on us. I mean, I'm not going to put that on the players. That's on the coaches. We need to do a better job with that. And, and I think we can, and I think we will. And, and that's, you know, just as, just as this team's developing, these players are developing, this coaching staff is starting to develop mm-hmm. its, itself as well. You know, like I said, the addition of, of uh, these Raptors coaches and players, mm-hmm. that's going to be huge for these kids. That's going to be so motivational for these guys out there, um, knowing that there's another program at a semi-pro arena level that is interested in seeing this program succeed and wants to help out and has that experience to bring. I mean, that's going to be great. Absolutely. Um, all right, so that's all I really have for the league. Um, let's get into some more of stuff we watch on TV, some NCAA and some NFL. Um, the first thing, I mean, obviously news broke last week, and I'm dropping my own segment on it later, so I figured I'd lead a little bit of an intro. Um, the new California rule, and uh, now protecting players a little bit from receiving some financial gain. How do you feel like this shapes the league a little bit? And I, I you know, I think I think like anything, I think it's going to definitely change the league. Um, you, you know, I. I think you're probably going to have some missteps initially, um, where where the rules aren't very defined right now, mm-hmm. and and I think I think uh, you know you're going to see some compensation things where they're going to have to come back later and say ah eh, that's not exactly how we wanted it to happen. Um, so I think it's a little bit of you're gonna they're going to play it by ear, but will it shape the league? Absolutely. I mean, anytime that you you can. Uh, 
you know, throw an additional bonus into a player. I mean, why wouldn't they? So I guess, and kind of that leads to my next question. How do you, do you feel like this really benefits California schools and makes these <laughs> California schools more powerhouse teams across the board? Uh, I think, I think it, it, it may, I think it may, you know, and I think, I think some of that's going to have to do with, you know, the upbringing of, of these athletes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how were they raised and, and, you know, what's, what's the important factor for them. But, but let's be honest. I mean, football is, it, it can be a very short lived sport. Mm-hmm. You only have so many miles and not everybody's guaranteed to get their way to the NFL and make the millions of dollars. So, you know, for those players that don't, that are good, that get injured, that can still see some sort of compensation. I mean, I think it, it can potentially be a good thing for them. Mm-hmm. And then do you think other states are going to follow suit with this or do you feel like yeah, so it's funny. I was just reading an article that said, uh, it, and it was pertaining to this, and it, it said something about how uh, the NCAA potentially is going to. This will be the end of the NCAA. That that you know, it'll it'll basically end it because at this point, you know, that it's no longer being regulated. I mean, that's their biggest regulation and concern mm-hmm. that they they govern for the most part. So, uh, yeah, I, I I mean, definitely. Um, you got a favorite team in college? Do you watch a whole lot of college football? Yeah, I watch. I watch some college football. Um, I'm a Penn State fan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Penn State fan. And then you got a Final Four pick for the college football playoffs. Oh, boy. Um, as much as it pains me to say, I mean, come on, it's. it's I know Alabama's going to be there. You know, Alabama's going to be there. Um, <laughs> Oh, don't worry. I'm coming to you too. Clemson, Clemson. Yeah, you know. I mean, is my again as much as it pains me, but you know that's that's kind of where we're at. You know, um, I, I mean, who else? Who else is left after that? It's year after year we watch the same teams go and compete and mm-hmm. and and do the same thing. I mean. All right, Nick. You got any, you got you got a four. Yeah, as much as it pains me to say, I got Alabama at one, Clemson at two. Uh, it's either a toss-up between Ohio State and Georgia at three or four, so take your pick on that one. I got mostly the same, and I feel like that's how it's going to be across the whole board for the remainder of the year. Mm-hmm. I think it's really going to be those top four teams. Unless mm-hmm. someone falls, I mean, you're putting a lot of teams in that southeast region to be all playing in the po- the postseason. So, I mean, that's my thing. And then you guys got Heisman picks. I mean, I'll, actually, yeah. the only other team for me that I think could make playoffs is Oklahoma with – uh, Jalen Hurts, and I think I'll, oh, I'll, yeah. I think Jalen Hurts is also a potential candidate for Heisman of the Year. It's either going to be him or it's going to be Tua, and it's going to be a close battle to the end. And I honestly think whatever one, I mean, that's it's literally I think who just makes play if a team doesn't make playoffs, I think you kind of lose some Heisman votes. But. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, let's get some NFL. Um, first one I got is Antonio Brown. I'm going to leave this both to both of you guys because we can both talk a lot more about this as a group than as individuals. So, I mean, I guess, like, right off the bat, how do you guys feel about Antonio Brown, and do you think he's really done with the league? Do you think he's coming back? I think he shot himself in the foot when he uh, left the Raiders, when he wanted out of the Raiders. <coughs> or, quite frankly, out on the Steelers. They could have had a great year this year if they would have, even with losing now Mason Randolph to concussion and... They lost Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, they still could have had a good year with Juju and uh, AB back there. But and James Conner. And James Conner. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, first of all, I mean, I think he's crazy. You know, that, is, that's yeah. a lot of money to leave on the table. Um, but, but that being said, I think there's a lot of money out there for him right now. And, you know, I, I think with the... Uh, I think there's potentially more money out there because I think you're going to see him as the face of the XFL. I think oh. that's what's going to end up happening, and I think they're going to throw a boatload of money at that guy to face the the, the XFL. See, this is so crazy because I on I was talking to my dad the other day. I said, "Do you think you go play in the XFL?" And I said, "The one thing that's going to hit him, I said, is you got to see how this case falls out." Because I said Vince McMahon said he doesn't want any convicts in there, so I said that's the crazy thing. And the other thing I said is, said man, if the uh, what is it, the uh, AAF? That lead that started up in the spring, I said, man, if that thing was still around, I said, he could have been the face there. And that th- there's plenty of money for him still to make. And I think that's how you draw the players. You sign the big-name talent, you draw other guys to your team. Right. 
Right. Well, I think the thing is, is, is you're not going to have, you're not going to have criminal charges yeah. that are that are going to be slapped on Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Everything that's going to happen is going to be civil. And and the reason that the NFL is looking at him is because it's personal conduct. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with criminal charges. So True. he's he's not a convict right now, and True. nor will he be because what what he's done either the the statute of limitations has expired or there's not enough evidence per, to pursue the case. And we're seeing that one after one as they come out. I mean, this is going to be a money thing, you know, and that's what it comes down to. So, Colin, do you think Johnny Manziel will be throwing touchdown passes to Antonio Brown? I think Johnny Manziel could all, I mean, he's another one that will be fun, funny, interesting, but there are some players out there in the league right now who are not playing in the league right now who could make potential runs in the XFL, and I think the XFL is being handed gifts right now from the NFL with how they're carrying teams. I think, uh, what's that? Uh, who's the guy who just uh, is serving the year-long suspension? From the Raiders. Perfect. Yes. I think he's another one. He sees his opportunity as a chance. The XFL for him as another chance. Yeah. Yeah. You got it, Kaepernick in there, too. Well, I mean, actually, that's the next one we're going to talk about. Because um, now that you said, now you talked about the injuries with the Steelers, do you think Colin Kaepernick gets a phone call from the Steelers, or do you think the NFL will pretty much no longer see Colin Kaepernick in there? I, I don't think any team wants that headache on their fan base or on in that coaching, in that locker room as well, so... That's where I stand. I'd agree with that. No yeah. pun intended. No, I, I'm, I completely agree with you about that. That is just a... <laughs> I completely agree. The, all right, last one for amongst players. And I think the reason why I kind of put this on there is not just because I'm a Patriots fan, but I find this ruling interesting. It's Josh Gordon, and, and mainly what I mean by Josh Gordon is the marijuana things. Do you think the NFL is going to move away from... Uh, penalizing players for smoking marijuana and smoking more narcotics than PEDs, and do you think that the NFL should focus more on PEDs and less on recreational use stuff? You want me to go first, or you want to go first? You can go first. Last year, there's a Saints linebacker, I don't know his name, he said uh, 40% of the NFL does use a recreational use of marijuana. So there, there has to be a fine line between recre- recreational marijuana and the use of performing enhancing drugs. In my in my opinion, marijuana is not a performing enhancing drug. It's when you're out there getting beat up by 250, 300 pound linemen out there every week, you know, and you have a and a nice cold shower ain't doing the trick. What are you gonna do? I mean, when you're making that type of money and you're expected to perform a certain way, and it's your last resource uh, for feeding your family, you know, that's my take on it. I mean, I find the one thing I find funny is how the league has changed in their drug performance. I mean, you look at Michael Irvin and how many times he's lit- admitted or has been caught doing cocaine. And he's, I mean, what he admitted to what? Smoking and doing cocaine before games, like constantly. He's like, oh, every game, he's like, I was either smoking weed or doing a lot of cocaine before I went out there and played. See, and that's where. But then. And that's, and that's as a Cowboys fan, too. And yeah, and that's also on a stand, too, where it's like if you gateway to one thing it's going to lead into others and so you so you're more firm up there has to be a line that that it's not a line to stand it is a firm wall type line where you can do this but you cannot do this correct yeah, and I, I think I think that's exactly what it'll be. I, I mean, look, you know, this is new for us on the East Coast, right? But mm-hmm. this this has been developed already on the West Coast. You know, they've, yeah. they've done this for years now. So so they have a system down, and it's kind of funny because I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Uh, you know, they know how to handle it. I, I mean, the NFL, for all purposes, is your employer. I mean, and that's what it is, and it's a privilege for, for these players to be there. Yeah. So they really can, the NFL can dictate whatever they want, but it, at the, ultimately it's still an employer. And, and if you live in California where, where recreational is allowed, your employer still dictates whether you're allowed to use it or not. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's face it. So, so the reality is, is they can say, absolutely not, you can't, you know, that we, we take a stance against it. You know, as far as the PED thing, man, I think it's getting crazy. Um, you know, I, my personal opinion on that is, is the NFL should source out and have a representative that's responsible and, and probably a clinical medical representative that's responsible for sourcing supplements for these guys to take that are safe, that don't violate the policy. Right. Because right now, I mean, they're relying on on individual trainers, and the trainer a lot of times I think is is the trainers are saying no, it's okay, and these guys don't know any better because they they don't have a medical background, they're right. not clinical, and they take it and then they get popped. Yeah, you got people <laughs> taking uh, as strong stuff as horse tranquilizers, they're, they're shooting in themselves. 
And I think, I mean, I, and I completely agree. I think that's the crazy thing about it is how all these guys are going. And really, I mean, granted, you get a list of everything that's approved, not approved, all that type of stuff. But these guys don't know what that is. They, right. they, it's a big scientific name, and I think that's the crazy part about it. And I think you hit it right on the head that, like, there should be the NFL. Instead of just saying, you can take this, you can't take this, be like, all right, here's who you go to. You can get diagnosed there. This is what they'll tell you to take. And right. they're the ones who will tell you you can take this, you can take that. And I think if you go to that, though, you also got to go to the extreme on the other end of PEDs while bands are going to start getting lengthier and heavier yeah. then. Yeah, and I feel like if you're gonna be if you're gonna hand them the option to go to this route where it's these guys know exactly what to give you, but and but you still choose to do the opposite, I feel like that's where you hit to get the bands a little bit right. heavier. Um, I think the one thing that we've seen a lot more now, and I think we talked about it earlier with uh, suspension and stuff like that, league safety. How do you feel like that? Do you think the league's going in the right direction, not in the right direction? Could they be doing more? Look, I'm I'm all about safety. Um, you know, concussions are a real thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, CT is a real thing, um, but man, they gotta let some of these plays play because they are ruining the sport. Um, you know, there's a flag almost every single play now, and it stops the game and it stops the momentum and it just stops everything. And it's, it, you know, the the I think part of the problem right now is 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 you have you have programs that you know from youth on up, these kids are taught to do things in a certain way. Right and and the, the what you're seeing right now is you're seeing the NFL transition into a new style of tackle, into a new style of hitting, into a new style of of you know running the ball, uh, quarterbacks quarterbacking. That you're seeing everything is is where they want to take it, but you still have the the athletes that are there that have brought been brought up their entire life doing things a way that it used to be taught. So until you see new coaches come into that youth level, new coaches come into that middle school and high school level and college level, mm-hmm. until you see that kind of stuff and, and then be trained how to do it the way the NFL wants it, I, I mean, I think you're still going to have just, I, I mean, it ruined games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just going to happen. I think, it's, I think it's just the time thing is, mean, yeah. is right. mainly what it is, is. Like you said, it's just the time to get this old guard out and this new guard mm-hmm. of running, hitting, and all that type of stuff happening. And I think that's going to take time. I mean, does it hurt the league right now? Yes, but I think it will. In time, it creates a better product because you're going to see less players getting injured, um, players playing potentially longer into their careers. Sure, sure. You know, but it, it, the other thing is they need to not create favoritism. You know, um, because I'm going to take a dig at your team. I mean, honestly, if if Tom Brady gets smacked in the shoulder again and they call that a personal foul. You know, I mean, come on. Like, let's let's just call it what it is. You know what I mean? Tom Brady uh, is the LeBron yeah. of basketball. Absolutely. I don't, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I think quarterbacks are way, way, way too protected. I feel like as a league as a whole, I mean, what was it? Clay Matthews, I think, last year was getting flagged every game for the, first, for, for the, what, the first five games of the season with roughing the passer after the ball was thrown for just landing on him the wrong way. But but only some quarterbacks, and that's the whole thing. I mean, if you look at if you look at the guys that, that are running quarterbacks, whether they run the ball or not, if they're in the pocket, it doesn't matter. If they if they're labeled as a running quarterback and they have propensity to want to run the ball, they are not governed by the same rules as no. as a pocket passing quarterback. Because no, they're identified as a runner. But, right. But but even if they're not running, even if they're not outside the tackles, they still are identified with the potential to do it. Therefore, the rules change for them, and I think that's where we've gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you look at guys like Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. The, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go that far uh, yet. <laughs> He's somewhere in the middle. I hope they let him get hit. Easy. <laughs> <He's>, um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> League as a whole, how do you think the where do you think the league is now, and where do you think the league is going, and is it a good thing or a bad thing for football? Um, again, they got they got to fix the whole the whole penalty thing, uh, the, the the slowing up of the game. Um, you know, if you remember, I think it was two years ago they kind of said, okay, well we're gonna go to like limited commercials now. We're gonna try to speed up the game a little bit faster so that so that it's not taking so long. Which is kind of funny because the games don't, they're not any shorter now. It's just they've added more penalties. So you're watching more penalties. You're not watching more play. You're watching more yeah. penalties. Um, you know, I, I think they need to, to figure out a way to accelerate it, to keep the game fun. Um, look, these guys get paid millions of dollars. And, and again, safety is super important. But you got to train them how to do the right thing to still make the game aggressive and fun to watch for the fans because we are the we're the people that are going to support this organization. I mean, if we don't buy those jerseys, if we're not buying tickets to those games to go see them, there's not going to be an NFL. 
So they need to keep it exciting enough for us and figure out how to do that. And, and again, I think you do that through still creating intensity, maybe changing the style slightly. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of advanced advancement with helmets too, mm-hmm. you know, which I'm not sure if you guys are, are real familiar with, but there are currently helmets on the market that are like 95% proficient in protecting a player from concussion, mm-hmm. but the NFL will not allow them to come into their league. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. That in itself would change everything. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that I think the NFL should be watching out for and learning from as other sports are going through. I think, I mean, you got to look at baseball right now. The one thing that baseball is getting hammered for right now is just how slow-paced the game is for a nine-inning game. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's the one thing the NFL really has to look at and be like, we cannot be Major League Baseball. We have to be a more proactive speed. And MLB is trying to make these changes as it is, but it's taking time. And I think that's the one thing that the NFL cannot do is I don't think the NFL can get into that hole where it is becoming this long, penalized game on a whole lot more plays under review. Right. right. And, and people see that. I mean, and the world sees that. And that's, that's the reason you have things like the AAFL yeah. and the XFL. And mm-hmm. that's, that's why you have these things popping up. And, and even the XFL, where it's a redevelopment of an idea that was already there. I mean, they can be successful where the NFL's not. And if the NFL's not careful, they will take the NFL over. And, and I mean, it's going to happen. I think that's the thing right now that's uh, like crazy is like the NFL's leaving <clears throat> holes open for these teams to come in. I think the NFL took. I think the NFL isn't going to take the XFL seriously at first because they looked at what the AAF, AAFL did, and it failed. But I don't think it failed because of the ideas or the play at all. I think it just failed because it was it was brought together too quickly. Yeah. I think there wasn't enough planning behind it where the XFL has been what? Announced for a year and a half now, and then this at the Super Bowl for two, almost two years now it's been planned. What do you got, Nick? The one thing that I do not at all like about the NFL this year is the coach's ability to throw a challenge flag on a pass interference. You should, I feel they took the human element out of the game because uh, everybody knows that the refs blew that call on the Saints and Rams game last mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. I mean, go back, watch a tape. It, it doesn't take any football knowledge to see that they blew that game. Mm-hmm. Um, same with baseball. They put the the uh, computerized element in it, and it took away the fan experience of mm-hmm. it. If you keep that uh, human interaction and that human element in it, it gives a little more excitement to the game. And if you do want to put that, uh, uh, throw the challenge flag in there, you shouldn't be given two minutes for your booth to look up, look at it for 30 seconds, call down back to the coach to throw the challenge flag. It should be an immediate thrown flag. I agree, and I think that's kind of the same thing, but I've, I don't think it was just the Saints game. I think the Saints game was the tipping point, but if you remember, what was it? Uh, the year Des Bryant got it. Right, and the catch or no catch. And all that type of stuff. I think this has been a compiling thing of what is a catch, what isn't a catch, and I feel like the NFL is still yet after, what, three, four years of this of what is a catch, what isn't a catch. We still don't have a definite answer, but I feel like we also never will. I feel like it's it should be, it should not be the question of what is a catch, what isn't a catch, I feel like there should be some broad lines, but we also got to understand it's still humans at, out there interacting with every play, and these referees still get paid and are trained very well to do their jobs. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> You're not wrong there. <laughs> you know, but how, how, it, it, I mean, you guys have seen some of these these challenges, right? Oh my god! I, I, it, and, and the thing is, is like. I mean, some of them, with my naked eye, I look at that and say that is clearly pass interference. Yes. Clearly pass interference. And they come back, and it's like every single one that I've seen so far, I, I think there's been a handful that maybe have been overturned, but out of a, a bunch that have been challenged, most of them come back and they're like, no, that that clearly, that, that was not pass interference. Right. So it's like, what's the definition of what pass interference is? I mean, maybe that's where we need to start. Like, what is pass interference? And then maybe give these coaches an idea of like, what does it actually look like? Here's a training video on it. Yeah. Here's what it is. And then you can always refer back to that. You know, because because I mean, what what is the sense of challenging something that you're never going to get, and and now you are just wasting time. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't think they have a definition of what it is. What is pass interference? You is know, it, is it just a little bit with? Is it as light as as soon as you make contact with the receiver and the balls in right. the air? Is that, right. or is it more about oh, well, there can be hand fighting as the balls in the air, but it's when it's within a short distance and the receiver is about ready to make a play, then it's. All hands off. It's got to be ball, just for the ball. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's I feel like that's one of the things with the league right now, where it's there's a lot of things of what is it, and the league is not defining what it is. Well, that's the problem. I mean, they they give you the ability to challenge a thing that nobody knows what it is. Right. I mean, that's crazy. 
And that's why coaches don't know how to do it. Players don't know how to do it. Referees are not instructed directly to look for exactly this. Right. And, and you're penalizing teams for it now. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're, you're using a timeout by not winning that, that challenge. Mm-hmm. So now the teams are actually being penalized for the league not being clear on what is and what isn't. All right. Last two things we got. Um, we did the college football playoff picks. All right. Who do you guys got in the Super Bowl this year? Uh, Patriots. Um, come back to me on the second one. I'm not All sure right, yet. I gotta think about it. Y'all ain't gonna like my answer. I got Dallas, Kansas City. I, I, you know, I can respect Patrick Mahomes, but I don't think that defense has got enough there. I think the the the, the Chiefs' defense has looked vulnerable in multiple games now versus Detroit. Versus Lamar Jackson of all quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson has made you look confused on that defense. Or the Chiefs are confused. I, you know what? I I don't I don't. You know, you made me debate about that. I really put, I really had the cow thought about the Cowboys. I have three teams coming out of the NFC um, that could potentially go there. I think two of them are out of the West. I think I gotta see way more out of the 49ers too right now to see how they go. But I I mean I kind of like the 49ers a little bit. You think the 49ers are gonna make the playoffs? I think the 49ers make the playoffs. I don't know how far they'll go. I want to see Jimmy G a little bit more. But I def- you know who I really do like? And I think it could be the Cowboys versus these guys. Now, are you a little biased because he's a former Patriot? A little bit, but that's not the main issue. Uh, the main thing, the other, the only team I think that could not truly knock off the Cowboys this year for making the, the Super Bowl is a team out of the Northwest. If you say the Seahawks, I'm going to strangle you over this- that microphone. The twelfth man will be alive, and I think it's. I think Seattle's got a chance. I think Russell Wilson is a good quarterback. I think he's got a good crew, and I think that defense is finally starting to rebuild. Let me remind you of what happened last year when we when Dallas played them. I'm waiting. They lost. <laughs> right. That's all we got. <laughs> I, I I just want I just want to be clear. Um, so so Dallas looked great in the first couple weeks, right? Here we go. But but what I need you to do is I need you to look at. Oh, the teams, the, the teams that they play. By the way, just so you know, because I'm gonna throw this out there, I'm a, I'm a Birds fan, I'm an Eagles fan. So go Birds! And Dallas is currently losing 17 to nothing to Green Bay. Boom. Listen, I, have, I, I called it earlier today. I said the Green Bay was going to beat Dallas. So, so back to my point, right? The first, the first three games that they played, that Dallas played, the teams that they played had a combined of how many wins? Do you know? Two. That's right. Two. <laughs> Two wins. They had two wins. The first three teams had two wins combined. All right? Two wins. Who did you guys play the first three games? Wash, or the Giants and Washington and Miami. And right. Miami just, or Washington just now, lost again. Worst teams in the league. Now, if you, <laughs> if the officials do get that call right with Zeke's fumble, because his elbow was down, it would be a first down. They potentially score a touchdown. They would definitely kick the field goal. They were in field goal range. They won that game 13-12. But they didn't. But they didn't. And they're not. And, and they're not. <laughs> you know who's 5-0 and right now? As of this afternoon, around 4 o'clock, New England Patriots. And going, going back to A.B., if Bill Belichick wasn't able to straighten him out, do you think any other coach is able to? Uh, Andy Reid maybe is the only potential I could see. Andy Reid Andy Reid likes rehab projects. I mean, he has a long history with it. Michael Vick, mm-hmm. you know, players like that. I, I would I would say that would be the only other person that I think could potentially, um, you know. But I, look, he's messed up, man. I mean, this yeah. guy this guy's crazy. It's crazy. Listen, I found the funny story, and uh, I mean, I did a little digging with this one because I found it funny. Was did you, you remember how he posted a schedule about Central Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, you guys remember how uh, uh, AB posted about that Central Michigan about him yes, going back to he school? Yeah, he went back to school. Did you find? All right, so you want to hear a fun what fact? What did he go back for? All right, before you get to all that, you want to hear a fun fact? First off, all of his classes are online. For any of you Central Michigan uh, students out there listening to us, you ain't gonna see him in class. <laughs> you ain't gonna second see him thing, around. Second thing, AB was already signed up for those classes. At the beginning of the semester. Let me know. Let me remind you. When does the beginning of the semester start? Usually in August. Beginning of August. He was already going back to school. He didn't plan like all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to go back to school. No, he was already going back to school when this happened, which I think is the craziest thing in the world that he... But again, I, I mean, eight, the only other team I think would even take a chance on him, not to even straighten him out, Cleveland. 
Cleveland is crazy enough to pick up any player that has any type of issues. They're like, you know what? No one wants to sign him. We can get him dirt cheap. Look at Odell went there. They even signed Kareem Honey. He's not even re- what he's on. He's still got what, three more games after this week left to go before he get, he gets reinstated. Cleveland loves pro- problem children because they can get them dirt cheap. Yeah, the problem is though is they have too many mouths to feed already there. Yeah. I mean you can't like you're gonna you're gonna turn all of those receivers into pedestrian receivers then by that point. True. I mean you can't I, you just can't you can't feed that many mouths. You can't even feed that many running backs with Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb back yeah, there, is it? It's crazy. I mean I was I was I'm like, man, I was like this team is dangerous. I was like the problem is there's not you put way too much under the offense that you the offense can't overperform now. Cause you can only feed so many players at one time. But you didn't put enough into your defense to actually help your offense out. I believe this team could score a whole lot of points, but your defense is going to let up the same amount of points mm-hmm. every time because I don't think they have a good enough defense. And also, also, I think their offensive line is struggling now, especially after the Odell trade. I think you really, and Joe Thomas retiring, I think that it, you completely weakened your O-line to have problems in the near future. So we still need your two picks. Definitive, we still need your other pick out of the AFC. Mine... Oh, with my first, I Nick's gonna hate me for this, and I'll, I'll take the la, I'll take the lashing. Uh, it is def, my picks are Seattle Seahawks and New England. I mean, granted, you'll say I'm biased to New England, but I think there is no team out there right now besides maybe Patrick Mahomes. I really think whoever comes out of the AFC Championship game is already favored to win the Super Bowl because I think it's either gonna be. I think first off, I'll tell you the AFC. Championship between the Chiefs and the Patriots. I think whoever comes out of there, I think as well. I think whoever comes out of there is going to win the Super Bowl. I don't think the NFC has a talented team right now. Besides, like I said, maybe. I mean, then again, there's Philly. There's Philly out there, and who knows with them. All right, Joe. John. 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 Close enough. Uh, I'm going to head coach. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with one of two teams. I have to go with the Eagles because I think. And, and just hear me out, right? I, I think they have issues. Um, but I think that they've been winning games now with not a complete team. And once they put that together, I don't know if you saw the game today. You should have because it was just... But who did they fly? It was sack-tastic is who, what it was. Who did they fly? Who'd, the New York Jets, I think. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And who does Dallas have next week? The, the New York Jets, I think. Who did the Eagles play last week, though? I don't remember. They played uh, the Green Bay Packers. And did they win? They did win. And what's they the score win. right now with Dallas? Seventeen nothing. Ouch! But as a football coach, you should know it's not over to the end. No, hey, I agree. I agree. Aaron Rodgers is going to light them up even more in the second <laughs> half. Uh, no, but uh, so so uh, for my picks, right? I, I got to go. I got to go. Either the Eagles, I think, once and if uh, this Deshaun Jackson comes back, uh, you know, I mean that that just completely changes the dynamic of that team. That, that already is scoring a lot, uh, that's putting together a, a really solid 1-2-3 combo with the run. Uh, that offensive line is creating holes like you just don't see. I mean, you just don't see holes like that in the NFL. Um, so I, I think once once they have uh, Deshaun to take the top off, it's only going to help the run game even more. They have a real shot at it. Um, you know, I, I'm going to throw... Uh, I think the 49ers, man, I think the 49ers are looking pretty good this year, too, to be honest with you. And I think they could be a sleeper to go pretty far. Um, you know, I mean, they, they, they're they putting it together, too. And they're doing a lot of it without uh, without really the help of George Kittle. You know, because his numbers have been down this year. He's not receiving a lot of passes. But he's such a threat out there that he opens things up. And uh, this week you're going to see uh, a newcomer not a newcomer, but a newcomer to the team, I suppose. Uh, Tevin Coleman is, is going to go in their rotation this week, uh, supposedly. Now he probably is going to have a limited role because he's coming back from injury. But, man, that's only going to boost them for a team that's just blowing teams out. And I think the one thing also with them is they have a, the team, the thing that I really think a lot of people are sleeping on them is they have a decent uh, D-back crew yeah. led by Richard Sherman. I think they have a good defense as a whole right now. I think that's really something that teams are sleep, guys are sleeping on with them is that the 49ers aren't making a whole lot of noise out there in the league just because they don't have a whole lot of household names. But I think that doesn't mean anything. I mean, look at teams like Seattle before Seattle got big. I mean, they were making noise without anyone knowing who the Legion of Boom was and any guys over there. I mean, look at Dallas when even as far back as DeMarco Murray was there and no one knew who anyone on that O-line was. And then DeMarco Murray runs for two thousand, was almost 2,000 yards, I think, that year. And all of a sudden, whoa, this guy's a great running back. And, oh, look at this O-line. 
And I think that's the thing that you're really looking at there in 49ers is that no one knows their names yet. Mm-hmm. No one knows anyone other than Jimmy Garoppolo and Richard Sherman, really. And I think that's the one thing that's going to make them pop is that people are going to start to know their names in that household. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, last thing we're going to talk about today, MVP favorites. We went with the Heisman. You, you got There's no question. You got to throw Patrick Holmes in there. I feel yeah. like Patrick Holmes is definitely a heavy candidate. The only other one I could see making a run of, and it's sad because the NFL doesn't, I mean, really you kind of go to the quarterback, and that's really most of the <coughs> MVP talk is, is quarterbacks. But I think, I mean, what Saquon Barkley does in New York over the last two years has been incredible. How he has really led that offense to be what it is, I mean, I think is incredible, and he really should get more credit for it. I think if he had a better O-line, a better offense and defense as a whole, I think, I mean, he'd be phenomenal. But, I mean... I think he's definitely a player. Not, I don't think he's going to win it because I think, again, this league is about quarterbacks, and until there is no dominating quarterbacks, I feel like it is really hard. Or you have a Adrian Peterson season of, what was that, 2012 where he ran, yeah. almost broke the record. I don't think there's running backs out there that can lead the league, especially as the league's going to a more passing spread offense league. I feel like running backs aren't going to – you're not going to see any more running backs really win MVPs, but I think he's definitely someone to keep talking about. Yeah, you know, the problem with that is is obviously he's injured now. Um, now, there's speculation he's going to come back early, but let's face it, I mean, it's it's a high ankle sprain. You know, that, that thing, you know, he's going to play through it is what he's going to end up doing, mm-hmm. right? Right, so, so he has aggravation of tissue in his ankle, basically, is what's going on. Yeah. So, you know, that's he's relying on that for his career. I mean, that's what he's going to do on every down. So, so the the that reoccurring is a high probability. You know, especially because they use him so much. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think I think due to that and with him missing some games, I think that would potentially take him out of that race. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for sure, like the kid's a special talent, man. He's 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 a good running from back. this region yeah. too. Yeah. How about Whitehall? Yeah, yeah. His so. brother plays. So yeah, um, y- you know, I I, I just want to say, and, I, and I'm not trying to tout the Eagles, even though I'm an Eagles fan. But if you guys look at PFF reports, right, which is pretty widely recognized mm-hmm. as being solid reports, last week, uh, currently ranked the number one quarterback in the league to date, Carson Wentz. Wentz. You know, Carson Wentz, and I mean that's a reputable source. That's mm-hmm. not so. So how much does that factor in? And and don't get me wrong, I mean. I, I like Patrick Mahomes. I think he's a special talent, man, and I think that kid probably deserves it. And if he can get healthy through the rest of the season and keep things going, um, you know, he, he can do wonderful things, and, and he deserves to be in the mention there. But, you know, let's be honest. I mean, when you have outside sources really breaking down the data and they're calling a quarterback who he is, you know, um, it, how much does that weigh in? How much does that weigh in? I think the one thing that would lead me away from Carson Wentz, and it really is just if, is can he stay healthy for a whole season? Yeah, that's the key. And I think that's really where the Eagles are right I think everything rotates now around the quarterback position. I feel like, granted, I think you guys can still be a solid team without Carson Wentz. Granted, I don't know how well your backups are going to play this year and all that, but I feel like that is the main question right now is can Carson Wentz stay healthy, and I think that's dictating how the Eagles play the rest of the year. Just remember, we can win a Super Bowl without Carson Wentz. So. very true. But we don't have him anymore. <laughs> He's injured. Listen, I find it crazy. You know what I find crazy right now about that? His backup is getting all the buzz now. As yeah. Nick Foles was the backup getting all the buzz, now his backup, Gardner Mishu, is getting all the buzz. The amount of memes I see about him. It's the mustache, man. It's it the mustache. It really is. <laughs> he is truly, and I really think, I mean, I'm not going to lie, and I, I love who he is and all the funny memes about him. I really think this year and how well overhyped he is, I really think he's the new Baker Mayfield this year. About how overhyped Baker Mayfield was last year, I think is how he is overhyped this year. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, you still play in the NFL. You still have to be very good to be a quarterback in the NFL and make a career out of it. I mean, look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, or you just have occasionally crazy football games and everyone's like, dude, this guy can eventually play football. That throws 400 yards a game. And then all of a sudden, uh, I'm just going to suck. But, I mean, that, I mean, that's the league right now. I mean, I mean, look at Deshaun, uh, not Deshaun Watson, um, James Winston, James Winston down there in Tampa Bay. Man, he's he's got to be, 
he's got to be on his last leg right now, yeah. and it's 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 unbelievable to watch him because you know when he came out in in, in college, I mean he was a, a phenomenal talent. Star, he was sensational. Yeah. You know he just can't he can't put it together at this level. He just can't put it together, and it's not like he doesn't. I mean he's he's got what uh, uh, Goodwin and uh, uh, Mike Evans. Evans. Yeah. I mean that like you can basically just throw the ball in their direction and, and they're gonna come. Yeah, 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 and he still can't put games together. It's unbelievable. Right. I mean he's had what, and I don't. I think he. He shows spurts of it at times, which is yep. the crazy part because you're like, oh my god, this guy may actually have it all together, and then the next week he completely is the exact opposite. Yeah, yeah. So the problem is for him is putting it together week in and week out, and I feel like that's, I mean, that's definitely what, I mean, quarterbacks can always have magical games. I mean, you look at quarterbacks around the league who have had amazing one-hit games, and you're like, that's it, and then the next week you can't put it together again. Yeah. And I think it's about evolving in the league, and people are going to see you one week and see what you did that week, and they're going to hit on it and go, all right, well, what else can you do for us? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who else is a good uh, Jacoby Brissett I think is a sleeper talent over the Colts granted not only because he's a New England Patriot player but because I think he's a quality quarterback over there don't sleep on Lamar Jackson either over there in Baltimore I, I mean I don't uh, Lamar Jackson I mean I think the question is still out there what what he will be I feel like 50-50 I feel like partially I mean I think he I, I, I mean, part of me wants to believe that he's going to be great Party wants me to leave. He's just the last bit of flash in the pan of the 2012 season with all the running quarterbacks that were alive back then with Robert Griffin and Cam Newton and all them. Yeah. Who's who's their slot receiver in Baltimore? Do you know? I don't know. They, they got they got what uh, John Brown? Oh uh, no, 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 John Brown's with Buffalo. They got uh, Hollywood Brown. Yep. Hollywood Brown, and then uh, and I don't recall. And I, I think that's what he's missing, right? Because like he's again one of those agile running quarterbacks. But he has no check down. He needs a check down, you know, because... Either that or at the running back position, I feel like he needs someone yeah. that he can... I mean, you can get it done with a tight end a little bit now, but I feel like that's what we're getting, we're getting away from a lot in the league is a lot of check down uh, tight ends. I feel like we're getting... I mean, look at... I mean, the really only one left that's left in the league that I really think is a check down tight end is... Jim, uh, Travis Kelsey? Um, <laughs> Jason Witten over there. Jason Witten, yeah, Jason Witten's a check down for sure. I mean, okay, I mean, look at the amount of catches he's had over his career like that. Truly. Waller, Waller this year. I mean, that kid came out, man. He's he's killing it. But but I feel like I mean, definitely if you look at the way the league, especially I mean, I think I'm not gonna say that New England Patriots led this, but I think New England, New England definitely led the vertical threat tight end <laughs> movement with Gronkowski and when we had Aaron Hernandez as well. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that definitely is where the tight end position is going, and that's a more vertical threat position. And it's Lee Thielen out in Minnesota. He's a wide receiver. No, he was he was plays a lot of tight end this year, and he was playing some running back this this year too. He's as well. all, I mean, he's an all over the place. The true all over the place is uh the one in uh, New Orleans. Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Taysom Hill. That I is a true utility player. Mm-hmm. Granted, I think he's. I don't think he can truly play quarterback. Not uh, sixty minutes a game. Right. Good for gadget. Mm-hmm. Good for gadget. All right, Nick. You got anything else for our special guest today? No, that's that's it for me. Thanks a lot for coming on the definitely. show. Definitely. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. No problem. We'll I definitely would love to do a off season one. Try to get your opinion for the off season, how the off season is going, and how you guys are shaping up for next year. So we would definitely love to have you again. Absolutely. Maybe on the real show. Basically, our, our, our focal point for our show is that even though the scoreboard does not reflect it, this team is moving yeah, in the right direction. Yeah, I definitely direction. feel like, I mean, as much as the later half of the show is more about just fun, having fun talking about yeah. the leagues, I definitely feel like the main focus point, especially that first part of the show, was definitely all about how is this team looking. And I feel like this team is definitely improving. I think next year, like you said, is a year where you're going to start seeing Kutztown be competitive again in football games. And I don't know about you, I... I think you guys might give Hamburger a run for their money. Yeah, we're gonna we're, we're we're gonna try. I think we definitely have a shot at it. I mean, if you look at the teams they faced in their scores versus the teams we faced in our scores, right. uh, you know they kind of align up. So, hey, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna you got to play the game, right? Mm-hmm. And we're gonna put every our, week's a new week. That, that's right. We're gonna put our, our best foot forward. Um, you know, unfortunately, we have taken some injuries that you know some of them are are, are season long injuries <coughs> at this point and. Uh, you know, some some kids that we were really counting on, but um, you know that doesn't mean anything. We're gonna, we're going to come back to the drawing board and and we're going to put it together and and I mean we're going out every game to compete and I believe in these kids and I think these kids believe in themselves and that's the most important thing. You I know? think that's really key. Is, yeah. I mean, is even though you are rebuilding, you're still going out there to compete every week. It's not oh let's let's take this week to build. I think it's every week is we're going out there with the thought of we have to compete all game. Absolutely, absolutely. 
All right, Nick, anything else from you? That's it. Just tune in Fridays at 6 p.m. We're on Facebook Live. Check out our TikToks. And October 17th is Cougar Fest. Yeah. We'll definitely be there broadcasting live. Um, that's all I have. So thank you once again for coming out. Thanks, guys.